Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Um, I would trade up uh, this draft uh, and uh, just going in as much as you can say about it until you see what's there, who's on the other end of the line. But, uh, yeah, I would trade up to, uh, since we're down as low as we are in those first two or three rounds, if we had a chance to and somebody that we had really coveted was uh, sitting at the bottom, Frederick, we're sitting down there at the bottom and we were able to trade up and get him. Jerry Jones would like to trade up if he can. Remember, they were trying to trade up to get Paxton Lynch in 2016. It failed, but it succeeded because they got Dak Prescott in round four. Paxton Lynch currently. Last I saw of Paxton Lynch, is he? Oh, he's in the USFL, I think. Something like that. I think so. Yeah, he's one of the quarterbacks in the USFL, which debuts on Saturday night, by the way. We're supposed to talk about something else. I still am dubious about spring football i just i I, i'm gonna give it a try again yeah usfl televised by fox and nbc xfl coming next year they named the eight coaches yesterday because hey the usfl is actually going to be playing games we better do something let's go on espn and name our coaches but we'll, we'll see we'll see if there's an appetite for spring football there's a reason why it's failed in every iteration for the past 40 years so but i'm gonna give it a try it could work this time, Pete says. It could work this time. We're in, we, I guess we're not allowed to say. We're not allowed to remind everybody of reality that spring football has failed at every turn for the last 40-plus years. I'm going into it with an open mind, and I think the proliferation of gambling could make a difference because people want things to bet on, and if they bet on it, they're going to want to watch it. We'll see if it, how it plays out. Anyway, that's a topic for another segment or another day, which doesn't belong and why. Let's begin with quarterback needy teams that have a top-10 pick. Panthers at six, Falcons at eight, Seahawks at nine, which doesn't belong and why? Well, I don't think any of them belong. That's what I want to say, really. I don't think any of them are taking a quarterback in the top ten. I don't think the way it looks right now, and I understand with this class, I mean, uh, you know, Matt Corral to me is the only guy that's got the talent to go, I would, okay, maybe do that and do that, Uh, take him in top ten. That's for me. But the way, you know, reading the tea leaves, the NFL, you know, the quarterback, the you know, incompleteness as far as, yeah, Corral's got all this talent. You know, there's a few, I think, off-the-field things like we talked about. 
You know, and yeah, he's he's still got some things you'd like to improve on the field. Malik Willis, you see some big time talent, but it's very raw. Kenny Pickett, like we talked about, it's like okay, there's there's no wow factor at all. I don't think a quarterback's going in the top ten. I don't think any of these teams will take one in the top ten. But if you're going to ask me which one doesn't belong and why, I'm going to go with the Falcons just because I think they're sold on their quarterback at least for this year. I that's why else I think they have a real affection for for Marcus Mariota and there's a relationship there with Arthur Smith and him to where he knows what he's going to get and I think he like they're content with him being the starter doesn't mean they might not get a quarterback at some point in the draft but I think they're content with him being the starter the other two teams I look at I think they're both going wait are we really going to start the guy that we got on our roster right now so that's why I picked the Falcons I think all three teams fall into that category I'd say the Seahawks don't belong because they're the team that that seems to be on Baker Mayfield's radar. So they don't have to try to reach and overdraft a quarterback if they have interest in Baker Mayfield. Let's go uh, with teams with two top 15 picks. Texans have number three and number 13. Jets have number four and 10. Giants have number five and seven, which doesn't belong and why. Um. Oh, you're on this one. Okay. All right. Sorry. Did I skip one? Yes, you did. Oh, I skipped one. It's okay. I'll go back. All good. Okay. Um, So – so teams with top two top, with two top fifteen picks. I mean, the, the man, I don't, I don't even know what how to justify which doesn't belong here and why. I mean, I guess the the only team the, the, the team I'll look at here is the Texans. I'll throw out there, you know, just as far as have no idea where they're going to go, and one of their picks are outside, you know, the top ten. Uh, a little flexibility there. I'm interested, I think, in them just because of. You know, pick number three, where is that going to go? They have a lot of holes on their football team. Um, but, you know, the, the Jets, the Giants, they're sitting pretty in great spots. The Texans are as well. I don't know. That was not the best answer in the in the world. Uh, I lost my train of thought a little bit when you skipped one. Sorry. Well, sorry. And and that, and and I apologize. No, nah, you're all good. I don't give a damn. The Giants don't belong for me because Why? they actually can be a contender this year. They could go out and get impact players with five and seven that make the team better. They've got a new GM. They've got a new coach. They're in a bad division. They're in the the conference that's been watered down by defections to the AFC. The Jets and the Texans have no chance this year. And watch, one of them's going to end up making it to the playoffs as I say that. But the Giants at least have a chance. The Giants aren't that far off. And if you get at five and seven... An offensive lineman who can come in and play well and a defensive lineman who can come in and play well, you're on the path to making that team better. The challenge is using wisely at 5-7, and seven, and maybe they get a chance to trade out of one of those spots and get more lottery tickets. I would always do that if I could. I just think the Giants don't belong because they're actually in position to make some noise this year. The other two teams are not. Now back to the one that I skipped earlier. Quarterback curious teams picking later in round one. The Saints, 16-19. and 19. Steelers at 20 the Lions at two, but also at 32, which doesn't belong and why. I, it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I'm still so intrigued with the Saints and and what they're doing. I really am and why they did it. You know, I, I think they can fill position needs, but I also am going, well, man, the, the more I look and tinker because I got to do my mock draft for next week and stuff like that where I start to look and go, wait, there's a possibility that actually there could be whatever quarterback they want on the board there at six at 16. But up for the sake of this exercise here, I'm going to pick the Detroit Lions here and the fact that they don't – why they don't belong and why – well, because of the two picks and where they are at 2 and 32, 
I think that makes them very interesting. I don't expect any quarterback going at two for sure. We know that. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded down. But the team, the reason I'll pick them too is there's some flexibility for them to do some stuff at the end of the first round and, of course, the early second. But they have picked 32 and picked 34. So if a quarterback they like is on the board at 24 or 25 and they deem that value necessary, you know they're going to be able to make a play there at the end of the first round and, and get the guy they want. So that's why I'll throw the Lions uh, as, as my choice. I'm going to say the Steelers don't belong because there's something about the Steelers. You know, I made the comment, and it was inaccurate earlier in this month or this draft cycle, that the Steelers will keep their cards close to the vest. They really don't. They don't sweat it. Like, they don't really go remember to I was, great extremes right. to hide it. I remember? You know, last yeah. year, everybody knew they were taking Najee Harris. Right. Everybody knew they were taking Najee Harris. Right. And they took Najee Harris. Yes. You know? Um, and, there's other uh, instances I, I, of that, too. Yeah. And, and and now you have guys like Ed Bouchette, who has covered the Steelers for years, saying that they have settled on Malik Willis. And I have no reason to doubt that they have settled on Malik Willis. And you know what? If they get him, they get him. If they don't, they don't. They're not going to sweat it. And I think that if they really do like him, they won't hesitate to trade up like they did three years ago from 20 to 10 to get Devin Bush. So the Steelers strike me as a team that doesn't freak out about the draft. They have a plan. They stick to it. And whatever it is, we'll find out. But it's not like they're big into curveballs and misdirections. They're very, very pragmatic about their approach. And uh, uh, when, when, when I hear reports that they are interested in Malik Willis, that's not a smokescreen. That's reality. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll continue our draft needs series with the NFC North. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. Toasty Ezekiel bread, put a half of an avocado on top, on that toast, squeeze a little lemon on it, give it a little more flavor, olive oil in the pan, oh my gosh, do I love olive oil, I cook everything with it, crack two eggs into that pan, make sure not to break the yellow, that's a big part of this meal, flip them over, make sure it's done, put them on top, man, it looks pretty good, then let's give it a little more flavor, some pepper, some decoration, a little salt. Cut it in half with some Bigelow tea. Enjoy. The big effort. Oh, my god! With the big breakfast there. He doesn't seem like an avocado toast guy to me. Oh, trust me. He, he's anything on anything toast guy. I mean, this is the, the human dump truck of the world. Nobody has shoved more food in their stomach than Phil Sims. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> uh, and he's, I didn't know. I didn't realize, you know, until the last few weeks, he's gone total Martha Stewart on us over here. He's every day is how he makes a meal, how he makes a shake. Oh, my gosh. But, Mike. Like, listen, it's 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 all morning long. He's he's gonna wake up. He's gonna make that for breakfast. He's gonna turn on our show. He's gonna watch that. He'll have a sip of coffee. He's gonna make a whole nother breakfast. No, Bigelow tea. No, no coffee. Oh, sorry. Bigelow tea. Bigelow tea. Bigelow Excuse tea. me. Get it right. And then he's gonna have another With tea huge bag breakfast out. With a tea bag out of the cup before he starts drinking. Yeah. The old tea bagger, I know, yes. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> you stop <it's> awesome. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, Phil. Uh the avocado toast looks good. Although let me tell you something. I like eggs scrambled or over hard. And I know you don't eat eggs at all, and please don't tell us why you don't eat eggs. Just it's enough to say you don't eat eggs. Okay, fine. But I won't say it. I don't like the runny yolk. Yeah. I ugh, don't like ugh. 
the sunny side up. I don't like over easy where you get this surprise where this yellow liquid flows out over your Ugh. food. I don't know what's good about that. Uh, Cook it thoroughly. Scramble them I'm or over you. hard. I'm All right. Um, ugh, ugh, ugh. Here we go. NFC North team needs. The Packers can't leave the 2022 draft without addressing it. Do we even need to well, have uh, this Let's see. What do the Packers hmm. need? Uh, well, they need to trade up at the end of the first to get one more quarterback. That's what they yeah. should do. They should have a team of first rounders in the quarterback room that that receiver I mean right I mean it's duh receiver I mean it's all it's multiple receivers I mean truly I mean it's multiple not only like because they need it for the firepower for Aaron Rodgers they need it just for pure numbers on their roster I mean they're they're limited there so yeah I I mean receiver is the the easiest pick in the world for the Green Bay somewhere in that two picks in the end of the first round he said after their playoff loss, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuilding effort, and his receiver room is in rebuilding. shambles currently. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not even rebuilding. Yeah. It's, it's it's there's nothing there. Yeah, it's gone. Um, it's it's obliterated. When Randall Cobb is your number one option in 2022, you have a problem. The guy who's only there because Aaron Rodgers had a temper tantrum last year, and that's your number one receiver. That's a problem. So, yes, receiver for them. Vikings, who do not have issues at receiver, can't leave the 2022 draft without addressing what, Chris? Well, I mean, come on. I can't go first here. This is your team. This is your squad. I got to who, – who does Mike Florio, media GM of the Vikings and super fan, think the Vikings need to go with here? What, what position? You know, it's funny. When I can hear Pete say the words and then they come out of your mouth, I feel like I'm being ganged up on. This is unfair. This is a hostile work I started down this road without Pete. He didn't, I didn't need him. Hey, uh, I think you can always need more offensive line, and that team's offensive line is a far cry from what it needs to be to make the offense work. But they also need help in the defensive secondary, specifically at corner. Yeah, I know they brought back Patrick Peterson, but he's on the, the tail end of his career. There's a reason why he was available three, four weeks into free agency. So they need help at defensive backs. And, and, you know, the defense, all due respect to Mike Zimmer, I mean, that was his specialty. And the defense sucked the past couple of years. Yes, it did. He wasn't developing the players. The good players weren't playing well. I think they really were getting to the point where there was fatigue. That Bill Parcells crap, Not no disrespect to Bill Parcells, but it doesn't work on today's players after six, seven, eight years. They get to the point where they've had enough of it. And I think there may have been... I don't want to say quiet rebellion, but whatever it was, the coaching methods weren't working on the side of the ball where Mike Zimmer had his claim to fame. Now, he would say, oh, there were all these injuries and this, that. You can always line up excuses. Every team can line up excuses. The bottom line is they didn't get it done. They had the talent. They didn't get it done. But they need more talent at cornerback, especially uh, you know, if they want to be relevant in the NFC. I, I they agree. need to be able to slow down some of the offenses that are going to come across like the Rams or the Buccaneers if they're going to be even remotely competitive this season. Uh, agreed. I, I, to me, it's, it's the, the most glaring thing. You probably could use, you know, maybe another D lineman in the mix, interior D lineman, but corner seems to be number one. You know, two, I thought, great signings by your football team there were, of course, getting Zadarius Smith. That's going to be great, especially you got some three, four-ish principles on your if team he can, now. If he's healthy. If he's, he's healthy, healthy. That, that could be good. The other one um, I really liked on there is, is Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks is a really freaking good middle linebacker. You know, he got, got pushed out of town a little there in Arizona because of a style of play and two linebackers that were kind of freaky ended up on the board and they took him. But uh, I did like that. But I'm with you in the corner thing. 
I think it's corner all the way for Minnesota. It's the number one issue. Look at their team. You're right. And there's no marquee guy that you can really depend on. No island guy. And you said it right, Patrick Peterson. It's year 12. He's a corner. I mean, it's amazing he played as well as he did last year as is anyways. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll continue with the draft needs in the NFC North with the Lions and the Bears when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Zach Wilson. Recently. Oh my gosh. Celebrating National Siblings Day. And yes, there is confusion from teammate Elijah Vera Tucker. Oh, which that's one is you. Great. I think we can narrow it down to the four in the middle, but yeah, I don't know. Which one is him? At first, I thought it was the third from the left, but I think it's the second from the left, right? Is that him? It's right, second it's, yeah. from the left? It's. Right, yeah, second to the left. Pete, he, we know it's not the girl. Pete's like, if it's, it's, yes, we know. It's the second to the left, yes. Uh, all right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know, you know what they say, all white people look the same. You know, it's hard to tell them apart there. <laughs> the Lions have the second overall pick in the draft. Last year, Zach Wilson was the second overall pick in the draft, and uh, the Lions can't <laughs> exit this year's draft without addressing what, Chris? <laughs> I, I like how you didn't address my comment there. You just went right over that. That was good. That uh, will be fine. <laughs> that will be fine that was enough for you all right uh I think this one's pretty clear too you got a Saints coaching staff they got those kind of guys they got no no big time edge defender I expect them at number two to either have Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker there and they're gonna take that I do offensive line it's pretty good there in Detroit I mean there's some pieces there they started to run the ball and move some people at the end of the year last year I don't think that's an issue anymore you know, corner, they addressed that a little in free agency. Jeff Okuda will be back. That's uh, you know, something I've looked at. But I think edge is the real thing. They need to get their Cameron Jordan, you know, somebody like that that's going to make that system go on that side of the ball. I think with that 30-second pick, if they don't end up with Baker Mayfield and they don't have a plan to end up getting him, I think they need to see. Take Matt Corral where, from Ole Miss. That's right, what I would right. say. Who's right, there right. at 32? Yep. Because they're tied to Jared Goff for one more year. After this year, they'll be able to escape that contract, and they can say all they want. Jared Goff is not the answer. When Dan Campbell comes out recently and says, hey, we can win without an elite quarterback, that tells you everything you need to know about what they really think of Jared Goff. He was the guy that they took on as part of this Matthew Stafford deal to get an extra first-round pick, period. And they... They made it work with him last year because, number one, they didn't have much of a choice, and number two, who the hell cared? They weren't going to be good anyway. This is just part of the getting the extra draft pick. And now with that pick that they acquired from the Rams, that 32nd overall pick, maybe they draft a quarterback that better fits what the Lions are trying to be now and in the future. The Bears, who seem to be tearing it down everywhere around quarterback Justin Fields. They don't have a first-round pick because of the trade-up last year to get Fields. They can't leave the 2022 draft without what, Chris? They have some holes. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I I don't know whether to go wide receiver or, like, 
you know, D line. Uh, you know, I mean, again, it's there's no Khalil Mack. He's gone. You know, Akeem Hicks, right? He's still out there in the free agent market. He's gone. I, I, I mean, so I look at the you know defensive line and go, oh wow, they need some help there. But then I also come back to like what you just said. I mean, we need some receivers for Justin Fields, don't we? Yes. Allen Robinson's out of there. You know, Darnell Mooney's the only guy I look at to be a real guy to go. Oh wow, he's a little scary. He can run by you for a deep post or a touchdown. But man, if you want to make the guy you traded up in the first round to work here, haven't we seen this story before? We got to get some talent around him. You got to get some players around him to make sure he looks like the guy you want him to look like. And you know, when you consider the extent to which they're tearing it down in Chicago, I was on WSCR yesterday, and I don't know. I guess what I said made a little bit of a stir. We were just kind of kicking around the idea that. They are tearing it down. I mean, it makes you wonder what they really think of Justin Fields. Because now's the time to try to build something, not tear it down. You're tearing it down if you are planning to eventually go get a new franchise quarterback. That's part of the process. That's part of the reason why you tear it down. Why are you tearing it down around a guy that is supposedly your franchise quarterback? And this is one of my concerns. When you bring in a new regime, you don't know what they really think about Justin Fields. You don't know that they view him the same way the last regime did. They're not going to come out and tell you that, but sometimes their actions are going to tell us. When they're tearing it down around the guy they should be trying to build around, that's not a good sign for what they think of Justin Fields. And that is not a hot take. That is an a cold, hard recess assessment of the reality of the situation. They're going to make it harder for Fields to play well if they don't have the help around him, and it's going to look like he's the failure when he can't play well because he doesn't have help around him. Yeah, it's I, his fault. No, it's not his fault. He doesn't have any help. It, uh, it's a real aspect. I, I've wondered the same thing too. You know, and again with their, you know, offensive coordinator, it's a guy that you know is from Green Bay. He's, he doesn't have the like expertise or not known for like moving quarterbacks, Justin Fields type of guys there too. So I hear what you're saying. I question, I question the same thing. Uh, hopefully they are behind him and you're right. They need to put some more talent around him so the guy can play and, and show us what he's all about. With the first round of the draft two weeks away, as always, there are plenty of Alabama players who will be entering the NFL through round one and the other rounds. When we return, we're going to have a draft of the best offensive players from Alabama currently in the NFL. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Ultimately, what is it that you think brings you and all these other guys there to go, screw it, I want to be a part of it, even though it's going to be tough? Because you want to be the best. Yeah. And just because you're going to win national championships, but day in, day out. You have to be the best version of yourself because the guys that you're going against are like the best in the country. Right. At pretty much every position. Um, like for myself, the, the type of receivers that I've seen over the past four years is ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it's, it is. It's really ridiculous. And, and I get the question all the time of who was the hardest receiver I had to guard throughout college. Yeah, I'm going to ask you that. So go ahead and answer it. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, it's hard to single out one, but they definitely wouldn't be from any other school other than Alabama. That's a slice of Chris's interview with Jalen Armour Davis from Alabama. And you can see the entirety of that interview at NBC Sports YouTube page. That leads us to the best offensive players from Alabama currently in the NFL. It has become an offensive juggernaut in recent years, even though Nick Saban, a defensive guy, 
when he arrived at Alabama. He's converted that team into a high-powered offense year in and year out. Chris, I'll give you the first pick. The best offensive players from Alabama currently in the NFL. Yeah, that's why he's a great coach, too. Like, you, you know, you, you laid it out there. He, he evolved. I mean, he evolved. A guy that was famous for awesome defense went, wait, the way college football set up, the rules, everything – um, I'm going to go to the offensive side and then just play defense to go, let's get two stops a game, and that's it. And that's, that's why he's Nick Saban. All right. Well, I mean, this is an easy first pick. Thank you for giving it to me. I'm going to take Derrick Henry. I am. I mean, he's still one of the greatest, greatest forces of nature in the NFL. Uh, we, we know what he's all about. I mean, power, yes. Breakaway speed, yes. Uh, the way they play in Tennessee is so dictated by his talent. So I'll go with Derrick Henry there. I'm going to do one that's based on not just the present, but a little bit of a projection. Yeah. I think Najee Harris is going to have a spectacular second season in the NFL. He was great last year. If they can put any kind of decent passing game around him, he can be even better. But, you know, he, he just strikes me as one of the guys that that is going to make a jump in 2022. And, you know, one of the narratives about the running backs from Alabama, and I know this makes Nick Saban a little uh, irritated, which is one of the reasons why I'm pointing it out. They really do put running backs through the meat grinder at Alabama, and there's always a concern that they're going to be too beat up by the time they get to the NFL. It hasn't happened with Derrick Henry. It hasn't – well, it's too early to tell whether it's going to happen with Najee Harris. Josh Jacobs really it didn't happen guys. with. They, they, did, they yeah. really, really worked those guys at Alabama. Yeah, there definitely was. I feel like he learned a little bit from, um, you know, the Trent Richardson. I feel like that – like he he'd started to like, okay, I can't kill these guys, but – yeah, you're right. There's definitely that out there about them. Um, you know, as far as they run the football, they're not afraid to run the running backs. Najee's a good player. All right, I'm going to go with a guy from last year's draft too. A guy that I, I should have gave more credit coming out in the draft is Jalen Waddle. Uh, I mean, Jalen Waddle to me is he's he's special. He's a weapon, slot receiver, football player, whatever. But like big time, big playability, let alone can run all the, you know, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, great routes for six, eight yards and do all that as well. So Waddle to me is, is a guy projection a little to your point of where I go, watch out. He could be in that top weapon in football conversation this year. Well, and Waddle's a guy who really came on last year. And when you consider what they have with Tyreek Hill there now, Waddle will have more favorable matchups in theory and can have an even bigger year. This is another one where, you know, he it's it's expecting a big second year. The guy that came in with a lot of hype who didn't become the first receiver taken last year out of Alabama. Waddle went sixth to the Dolphins, and then Devontae Smith went to the Eagles. I think he's going to have a spectacular second season he sneakily had a great rookie year he did you know we, we we don't pay attention unless the numbers are phenomenal right out of the gates in september but he still had a very strong season start to finish freak show he's amazing i mean he's he can blow by you he made some great catches in the end of the year yeah he found himself and yeah he's going to be one of those one of those guys we talk about on a weekly basis as we go forward don't go anywhere. Round three of the draft of the best offensive players from Alabama when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, those are the first two rounds. The best Alabama offensive players currently in the National Football League. Christopher, round three, you are up, sir. Oh, all right, well, I'm going to go with um, Calvin Ridley here. I know he's suspended for the year. I don't care. We're just talking about the best players currently in the NFL, and to me, He's the best guy left on this on this list here. I mean, it's, I know he didn't play 
last year really either. But the year before that was 90 receptions. It was, what, 1,300 yards, eight or nine touchdowns to go along with it. Uh, I hope they reduce his suspension for, you know, what he bet $140 on a game. Like, I mean, a full year to lose that over that to me is still a little harsh, but I'm going to pick Calvin Ridley, hell of a player. All right, this is a gift in the spirit of the Easter season. Is it Easter this weekend? I think it it's is. Easter this yeah. weekend. The Mac Dolphins Jones. fans out there, no, 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 no. He he actually, did, yeah, he uh, no. I I I am trying to make amends. I'm trying to reach a truce with two and on. I think that this year, in that offense with Mike McDaniel, it may be smoke and mirrors. It may be a lot of three-yard passes. It may be a lot of things that a lot of quarterbacks could do in that offense if they were there, but Tua is the one who was there with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wall and Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds and a better offensive line and a pretty damn good defense that brought back the defensive coordinator and Mike McDaniel drawing up the plays. I think this year people are going to say Tua is a pretty good quarterback, so I am going to wrap the draft. Hello, Tua on. Welcome as we end the show, but welcome – we are on board. Tua, Tua, Tua. Are you with me, Chris? No. I mean, Mac Jones <laughs> is better. Mac Jones. You should have gotten Mac Jones. I don't know what you're talking about. Guy was in the league for one year. He already outplayed Tua. I mean, come point, on. <laughs> hey, good point. Good point somebody made. Mac Jones now. Josh McDaniels is gone. Yeah. No continuity from year one to year two. Could be a challenge for Mac Jones. No question. We'll see. I hear you. Mac Jones and Tua facing off twice this year. Get ready. Eat it, Tua Non. Have a good Eat day. Eat it. See Chris, ya. Enjoy your long weekend. Get out of here. <laughs> yes. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.